I'm Ethan I Love Muzzleloading, and this is your Muzzleloading news from the 2023 NRA show. First up, the availability of percussion caps. I was able to meet with a representative from CCI at the NRA show. They did confirm that percussion caps are going back into production here sometime in June. Based on what I heard from the CCI representative here, caps typically go into production for a run of some quantity around the same time in June each year, but the amount that gets produced is what varies. And this amount is dependent on the demand of the market from muzzleloading enthusiasts as well as the centerfire and modern firearms market. So in the past few years here, we've seen really incredible demand for primers and modern centerfire cartridges that are used, that use those primers. So the production runs of number 11 percussion caps have been severely limited due to the amount of time and production capacity needed to try to keep up with the modern demand. Now, the CCI representative did say that they are hearing the requests and really the, the cries for help from the muzzleloading community here. They said they cannot believe the amount of demand that they're hearing from the muzzleloading community and will be factoring that into the amount of caps that get produced this year. They weren't able to give me a concrete number or even a ballpark about the number of caps that will be produced this year, but they did say that they hope to see it return to a pre-2019 quantity and price point for percussion caps. But there's a lot of things happening in the world. There's a lot of things happening with supply chains and with the, the firearms market in general. So it's going to be another wait and see here. But I, I do feel nice knowing that at least they were able to tell me that they are hearing the, the cries for help from the muzzleloading market here. I understand that the representatives could have just been being nice to me asking about muzzleloading because muzzleloading is like this compared to their broader market here. But... I, I do feel hopeful that we will see an increase, at least in the number of caps from last year. It seemed like last year we didn't have hardly any caps. Um, several retailers got a few thousand, but they quickly went out of stock um, just due to the increased demand. So I am hopeful that they are hearing the amount of demand that there is for muzzleloading. I did pass on the concerns and many of the questions that I've heard from all of you to the representative. Most notably, you know, there are a ton of people out there, myself included, they're willing to buy 10 to 20,000 caps in one go to replenish our stock if that quantity becomes available and if they aren't prohibitively expensive. And I think that kind of interest in percussion caps and the demand for it is part of what surprises CCI here. I think like we see in many of these large manufacturers that are focused on the modern firearms market, muzzleloading is kind of off to the side, but CCI has not been producing really a, a, an appreciable quantity, I'll say, of percussion caps over the last couple years. And they are feeling that pressure and they are feeling that demand from the muzzleloading enthusiasts out there. So moving forward here, we should start to see this year's production of percussion caps be available at retailers in July and August, primarily. Um, and they will be stocked through the summer and through the fall then. But they did say the earliest probably being sometime in July when we'll see these caps available at retailers. If you can, and if you are interested, consider writing to CCI. Be nice, be kind, but you know, let them know that we are needing and, and wanting these percussion caps for our muzzleloaders and, and explain to them, you know, it's been a real drought over the past couple of years. And if you are able to and interested in buying a considerable quantity, let them know so they can factor that in as they start planning for this production run. 
I have a full video breaking down some more of the details and some more of that conversation with the CCI representative. So I encourage you to check that out if you're wanting to learn a little bit more. Next up in muzzleloading news from the NRA show here, I was able to speak with a few Hodgden representatives at the NRA show here about some of the concerns that muzzleloading enthusiasts have about Blackhorn 209. I understand the public opinion of Hodgin right now isn't very good, but they, they were understanding of the issues that muzzleloading enthusiasts are facing, at least in the conversations that we had here. And I was able to get a little bit more information here about why Blackhorn is A, so expensive and, and B, so hard to find right now. Although we are starting to see more containers arrive at retailers, the cost is still though many times above 80 bucks a jug. First up, we were able to confirm something that many of us already knew really about Blackhorn 209, but it is produced in Canada uh, and the manufacturing facility isn't really owned by Hodgden based on what I was able to talk with here. It's the, the powder line is manufactured and sold through Hodgden, but Hodgdon's themselves don't have any control over the actual production facility. It's not like a Hodgden facility with a Hodgden sign out front. It's, uh, you know, not necessarily confirmed by Hodgson here, but based on what I've kind of gathered here, is that production line is almost rented out or, or accessible by Hodgson for a run of powder, but it's not under Hodgson's control here. Um, so take that for what you will, but it's the kind of thing that it's not Hodgson controlling what powder gets made and when. Second here, really, the Blackhorn 209 powder is a double-based, double-extruded powder, according to Hodgden here. It's a complex powder to make. It's also very chemically similar to a powder that's in high demand from the military and other military contracts. And while they weren't going into that information fully in depth here, we were able to kind of confirm that the, the powder is in demand and, and powders near it chemically are in demand by Western militaries here um, to get this stuff produced. So they weren't, weren't going into any detail there and that's all I really have for you. And it's kind of something that when it comes to powder, many of us already knew and kind of understood that military contracts, a lot of times, especially in kind of the current situation of the world, take a lot of precedent over the consumer market here. Not that Hajin is involved with that side of it at all. I think it's more the facility itself. Being a powder manufacturing facility, they can produce these things. And I think a lot of times, especially the Canadian government can probably say, we need our stuff first, more so than really the small muzzleloading enthusiasts here in North America. So I know it's not concrete. It doesn't really fix anything, but it's some of the detail that I was able to get and, and bring out to you here. I think as far as Blackhorn goes, we're going to see kind of another year of high prices, at least. Um, really, based on what I'm seeing and the muzzleloading enthusiasts I'm talking to across the country, we are seeing at times a dozen or more Blackhorn jugs on the shelves of sporting goods retailers here, kind of since the first of the year. I will say the photographs that I'm seeing are red capped bottles of Blackhorn, which is different than the black capped bottles of Blackhorn like I was able to purchase uh, kind of mid last year here. So I don't know if that's a change on Hodgden's end. Um, based on what I've seen, the labeling is still says Hodgden here on the side. Um, so they might be going back really to that red cap like we saw when it was owned by Western Powders. Really, as far as other changes go, I, I think we're, we're just going to kind of be in a wait and see game right now. If you are the kind of person that you know you have a hunt coming up 
with Blackhorn 209, that's what your muzzleloader likes, and that's what you need um, if you've got a muzzleloader tag or if you've got a, a guided hunt coming up where you've really uh, put a lot of money in. I recommend that you try to pick up that Blackhorn now in preparation because it's only going to become in higher and higher demand as we head through the summer here. Connected to a little bit of the, the percussion cap shortage and the Blackhorn 209 issues that we've seen, we saw a statement released before the NRA show from CV8 muzzleloaders recommending that if you are interested in picking up a, a CV8 Paramount muzzleloader, kind of their premier long-range muzzleloaders, they recommend that you find a supply and, and purchase your supply of Blackhorn 209 and large rifle primers before you purchase your Paramount. We're seeing really an unfortunate amount of people that have saved up for a Paramount muzzleloader, and then they come to find that they cannot find Blackhorn 209, and they cannot find the large rifle primers needed to uh, to really use the Paramount muzzleloader effectively. I'll have a, a link to ilovemuzzleloading.com with the full statement from CVA about these issues, but they're kind of shifting focus to support and recommendations uh, as far as their muzzleloader lineup goes, down to the Acura, Optima, and Wolf until the primer and powder issues um, for the Paramount line are kind of resolved here. Uh, and it's really nothing that's, uh, that CVA can do. They're kind of at the, the beck and call, really, of the primer and the powder manufacturers here. Uh, they can continue to make the Paramounts as much as they want, but I think as we head into the hunting seasons and we see production lines really come into inventory and stocked in our sporting goods stores, you're going to see fewer of those Paramounts out there. I think if you're going to want to purchase a power Paramount, you're going to be able to still pick it up. Um, but as CVA recommends here, you're going to want to find a supply of, of large rifle primers and your Blackhorn 209. You really want enough not only to hunt based on what CVA has recommended here, you want enough to get sighted in, get dialed in in preparation for that hunt. So in many cases, it's going to be a couple jugs of that Blackhorn 209 and a, a, an appreciable quantity of those large rifle primers, depending on your experience level with this kind of muzzleloader to get it dialed in to let you're going to be effective on that hunt. And I'd like to thank really CVA for being forthcoming with that information and letting people know based on what they're seeing. They obviously have more connections in the industry with supplies and things than really any of us do uh, here kind of on the ground and the, and the grassroots side of muzzleloading. I was able to talk with traditions at the NRA show this year about the availability of the Shedhorn and actually see one in person, which was really exciting. We've only kind of seen those side view photographs of the Shedhorn since its launch, unless you were at the SHOT Show this year or the Great American Outdoor Show. Um, but I was able to get kind of up close with it and kind of compare to its cousin, the PA Pellet, which um, was really, really neat to be able to see these kind of side by side and see the similarities and, and some of their differences. Traditions was able to confirm some of the theories that we had about the development of the Shedhorn. It, it was designed and, and kind of targeted towards the Western heritage or historic muzzleloading enthusiasts to be a bridge for somebody that had hunted in those states like Idaho or Montana with a centerfire rifle or with a modern muzzleloader that was now looking to get engaged with a more traditional side of things. So bringing the side lock ignition system 
along with some of the features like an easily de detachable barrel and easily cleaned muzzleloader that we see in many modern muzzleloaders to the traditional side. And that was really the main focus of the Shedhorn development, which I thought was really neat. I thought that was nice to see out of traditions and I, I wanted to pass that along to you. I know the last time that we talked about the Shedhorn, one of the main questions was when it was going to become available. According to traditions, the Shedhorn is currently in production and they hope to see it released here in the United States sometime in June in preparation for the late summer and fall hunting seasons here in the United States. We'll be keeping on uh, the Shedhorn release here to let you know when we start to see it in stores. I think you'll probably see it online first as those retailers that are more online focused get them out and get them ready to ship a little bit sooner than the in-store shops that we see out there, but I think you'll see it pretty quick once they get them here in the United States. We're seeing a lot more of those logistics challenges from the shipping ports and things on the coast here. Uh, a little bit more streamlined lately and stuff is getting docked and to distributors and then shops pretty quickly. So I think you'll see them in stock before July. Last up, I was able to talk with Hornady about the ELDX muzzle loading bullet and its release timeframe. Representatives from Hornady did say that they've got finally the final tip mold for these bullets to go into production. They, they say that the mold process has to be so perfect that it takes so long to get a quality mold made, but they've got the mold for the plastic tips that go into these bullets now, and they're ready to go in production here in May and June, and we should start seeing them on shelves pretty quickly after that. The representatives from Hornady were understandably excited about a new bullet release. It's a new product line for them. What they had said in the testing, like we've heard on the Hornady podcast and things, that the bullets have performed exceptionally well in a variety of modern muzzleloaders from high-end custom builds all the way down to, uh, as the Hornady representative said, a $250 Optima from Walmart. Um, the bullets performed exceptionally well out to 300 yards and a little bit farther out of both custom and off-the-shelf muzzleloaders. So the ballistic coefficient of these bullets is incredible compared to some of the other bullets out there on the market. And it's shooting an entire two feet flatter or just about two feet flatter than the Bore Driver FTX out at 200 yards, which is really impressive. As always, you know, when it comes to firearms technology and things and even muzzleloading technology, we're seeing these advancements made for the folks that want to jump on and try these things out. And I think the ELDX is kind of a, another step towards that for modern muzzleloading hunters. I'm interested to see when these ELDX bullets come onto the market and I hope to get a pack or two and do some testing here on the range to kind of compare them to some of the other tests that we've done here on the channel and give you a little bit of insight, at least as far as I can give you about the performance of the bullets. I know that there have been some complaints online about the ELD bullets in uh, the modern centerfire cartridges and things, but we're seeing, it seems like from Hornady, good performance out of it here. So I'm excited to see it get into muzzleloading enthusiast hands here for kind of the broader market testing that we all know and love from the muzzleloading community. Notably, Petter Soli was absent from the NRA show this year. I'd hope to meet up and discuss some of their um, upgrades and some of the changes that they've made uh, across their line of muzzleloaders, but we're going to have to check out with them another time. I know Petter Soli is a brand that many of you are interested in hearing from, so I'm working on doing my best to reach out more and more. I know the Lyman news was interesting for many folks out there and their shuttering of the muzzleloading side of their business. At the NRA show, there was only about one upright stand 
of Lyman gear and equipment, and it was all focused on the reloading and the shooting bench kind of accessories, rests and things side of their brand. There was really no mention and, and nothing really about the closure of the muzzleloading side of things. But I think, um, you know, that's kind of resolved itself and we all kind of been through that. And you know, if you like the Lyman brand, you're still supporting them through the other products that they offer for the wide variety of shooting accessories and things. Um, and, but if you're not, you know, you're kind of moved on and, and into something else away from the Lyman brand. That's kind of a short one here for you this week, but I hope that it gives you a little bit of insight into what I learned uh, from the NRA show this year. I appreciate everybody from each of these companies who was able to sit down and talk with me and, and was willing to share really and discuss the, the needs and, and the requests of the muzzleloading community. I think as much as we can get frustrated with these brands and the businesses, at least the people at these shows were willing to sit down and talk with somebody like me that was interested and, and wanted to talk about muzzleloading, even though for many of these companies, it is nothing but a, a small section of their brand and their market share. As always, if you have any questions or you have something that you want me to take to these manufacturers the next time I have a chance to talk to them, shoot me an email at ilovemuzzleloading at gmail.com or leave it in the comments of this video. I really do my best to aggregate all of these questions and I take Take a little notebook in when I'm able to meet with these folks so that I can answer the questions that you all have to the best of my ability. I'm Ethan. I love muzzleloading. Thank you so much for watching. We'll catch you next time.